Lift up the trumpet and loud let it ring, Jesus is coming again. Cheer up your pilgrims, be joyful and sing, Jesus is coming again. This is the voice of prophecy, a voice crying in the wilderness of these modern days. Prepare ye the way of the Lord. Coming again, coming again, Jesus is coming again. From our Voice of Prophecy studios in Los Angeles, California, we welcome you to this half hour of inspiration and music with the King's Heralds, Del Delker, Brad Braley, and our speaker, H.M.S. Richards, a Seventh-day Adventist minister. down when the heavens seem to frown there's a rainbow on the cloud for you tis an arch of promise bright earnest of unfading light pouring from a sky of radiant blue there's a rainbow on cloud, cloud for you there's a promise that Yes, the storm will pass away, there will dawn a brighter day. There's a rainbow on the cloud for you. There's a rainbow on the cloud, though your soul is sorrow-bound. Lift your voice to praise the Lord today. There's a rainbow round the throne, in its glory we will own, that he led us in his perfect way. There's a rainbow on the cloud for you, there's a promise that is the storm will pass away, there will dawn a brighter day. There's a rainbow on the cloud for you. our Heavenly Father, we pray that Thou wilt bless everyone listening to our broadcast today and all of us here in the studio taking part in its production. We ask in Christ's name. There is a place of quiet rest near to the heart of God. Where sin cannot molest Near to the heart of God 
Jesus, blessed Redeemer. Sent from the heart of God. Hold us who bow before thee. Near to the heart of God. A student, reporting to his instructor on the amount of outside reading done, said, I went to sleep on page 36 and woke up on page 104. You say, well then, he didn't get much out of his reading. And you're right. It isn't how much we read, but how well we read. Bob Edwards and Wayne Hooper are here now to tell us in song that witnessing for Jesus will always be the result if you love him. standing for the right in every test. God so loved he gave the fairest gift of heaven. If you love him, you will give to him your best. If you love him, No matter how far we may stray from God's will for our lives, He keeps on loving us still. This is the promise each of us can claim as we listen to the contralto voice of Miss Del Delker.
Here now is H.M.S. Richards, the voice of prophecy speaker. His subject, don't misquote God. It's surprising how many people misquote God. The reason, no doubt, is that they don't properly read the words of God. The words of Holy Scripture were written by the prophets and apostles, inspired by God, so that what they wrote were actually the words of God. We read in 2 Peter 1.21, Holy men of God spake as they were moved by the Holy Ghost. So we ask the question, does the Bible claim that its words are inspired? The answer is yes. For 3,808 different times, the Bible uses such emphatic words as, Thus saith the Lord, or God said. God told Moses, for instance, I will be with thy mouth and teach thee what thou shalt say. Those words are found in Exodus 4, verse 12. Right here we might remind our hearers that the critics of the Bible do not agree among themselves. Dr. G. Gregory, the great Wesleyan scholar, tells us that 747 theories as to the authorship of the Bible have been invented since 1850. Of these, he says, 603 are now defunct, and many of the remaining 144 theories are in the last stages of dissolution. So we see that man's theories pass, but the word of God abides. Jesus said, the words that I speak unto you, they are spirit and they are life, quoting John 6.63. We must read this book of God so carefully, so accurately, that we shall know exactly what it says, and so do not misquote God. The Apostle Paul wrote to his son Timothy, his son in the faith, Consider what I say, and the Lord give thee understanding in all things. 2 Timothy 2, 7. Notice he says, Consider what I say. Not what I mean, but what I have said. We need to know exactly what the Word of God says. 
sometimes changing a word or two or even the form of a word in a quotation takes all its power away. For instance, here are those wonderful words in 2 Corinthians 1.20. All the promises of God in him are yea, and in him, amen, unto the glory of God. But notice, we left off the last two words, as so many people do when they quote this promise. The last two words are, by us. All the promises of God in him, that is, in Christ, are yea, and in him, amen, unto the glory of God, by us. It's only as we appropriate these promises, accept them by faith, and make them our very own, that they are in us and for others unto the glory of God. A very old and common mistake is misquoting God in his inspired words of 1 Timothy 6.10. People are continually quoting this verse as saying that money is the root of all evil. Now the Bible says no such thing. The Bible says the love of money is the root of all evil. And friends, we know that history proves God spoke the truth in that. The end of a covetous, money-grubbing, money-grabbing, money-loving life is anything but joy. The next verse says that those who are guilty of this inordinate love of money pierce themselves through with many sorrows. We know that human experience certainly testifies to that. So, friend, don't misquote God and don't disobey him. We must be careful not to subtract from the words of God or to add to them. In quoting Matthew 18:20, people often add to God's words thoughtlessly. Here's the quotation as they give it. For where two or three are gathered together in my name, there am I in the midst of them, and that to bless. Now those last words, that to bless, are not in the Scripture promise at all. God may be with them, not to bless them, but to correct them, to rebuke them. So these words that are put in by a thoughtless quoter may take away entirely from the meaning of the words to a particular individual. Let us look up the scriptures we so often quote and be sure that we are not adding to or taking from the word of God. Obedience to God brings blessing. As the apostle writes, James 1.25, But whoso looketh into the perfect law of liberty and continueth therein, he being not a forgetful hearer, but a doer of the work, this man shall be blessed in his deed, or as the margin says, in his doing. Have you ever noticed that some people leave out of that wonderful passage in John 14, 2 to 3, important words? They quote it this way, I go to prepare a place for you, and where I am, there ye may be also. Jesus said more than that, much more. Here's what he said. I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself, that where I am, there ye may be also. So many people leave out the words, I will come again. How can we ever be with him in the place he has gone to prepare for us unless he comes again for us, and he's promised to do just that. It's unfortunate that so many people leave out the great promise of Christ's second coming when they quote these wonderful words of John 14. Here's another promise for today and for all of us that's often misquoted. 
It's found in Matthew 11:28. It's quoted often as follows. Come unto me, all ye that are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. I've heard this verse quoted over and over again by many earnest, conscientious Christians, and it's quoted wrong when they quote it that way. Here's the way it's really written. Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. It's true that the labor often brings weariness, yet weary is not the word used in the text. It is those who are in the service of God, who labor for him, to whom the promise is given. In 1 Corinthians 3, 9 we read, For we are laborers together with God. We may be weary of the trouble and the sorrows of the world, physically tired, but we certainly will never be weary of God's service and of his love for us. In the question box at public meetings and also in our radio mail, I have often had people ask for the Bible reference for certain sayings or proverbs which they think are in the Bible. For instance, someone wrote in requesting, please tell us where the Bible quotation is which says, cleanliness is next to godliness. Well, of course, that's not in the Bible. It's true the Bible does say in one place, wash you, make you clean. That's Isaiah 1.16. The believer who is physically clean is a better testimony for the power of the gospel than one who's dirty. But the proverb, as our friend quoted it, is not in Scripture. Someone actually put this request in the question box one day. Please give me the reference for the Bible statement. Every tub must stand on its own bottom. Well, we may smile at this. But seriously, people ask that question. Of course, the same thought truly may be found in the warning message of Romans 14:12. So then every one of us shall give account of himself to God. In our lives, we may misquote God as well as with our lips. Such people ought to memorize and often quote the words of Hebrews 9:27. And as it is appointed unto men once to die, but after this, the judgment. How often we've heard people quoting Proverbs 16:18 incorrectly. Almost universally they say, pride goeth before a fall. We know it does, but that isn't what the Bible says. It's not an accurate quotation. The passage has more of a threat than that. Here's the passage, the way it's put in the Bible. Pride goeth before destruction and a haughty spirit before a fall. So you see, it's even more serious than it's often quoted. That was the experience of Lucifer, the bright shining angel. I beheld Satan as lightning fall from heaven, Jesus said. But why? Because of his pride, as we read in the 28th chapter of Ezekiel and the 14th of the book of Isaiah. Last of all, we mention a beautiful text which is often misquoted, or at least not quoted in its fullness. We refer to Psalm 103, verse 12. As far as the east is from the west, so far hath he removed our transgressions from us. Sometimes people quote it and add these words, and remembered them against us no more forever. While these words are not in the passage, a promise still greater than that is found in the Holy Word. Here it is in Jeremiah 31, 34. For I will forgive their iniquity, and I will remember 
their sin no more. So the sin that is not only forgotten, my friends, by God, it is forgiven first. And that's the big thing. It was the prophet Micah who knew about God's forgiveness. He'd been a sinner, and he was forgiven by God. He knew all about it, and by inspiration he said of God, He will turn again. He will have compassion upon us. He will subdue our iniquities, and thou wilt cast all their sins into the depths of the sea. Micah 7:19. Read it for yourself. God not only will have compassion, but he will subdue our iniquities. He is the one who has power to conquer them in our hearts. The things we cannot overcome, he overcomes by his divine power. Then he puts them away from us, completely hidden forever, as though they were at the very bottom of the sea. Often our fellow men cannot forget our mistakes and sins, but God will forget them when he forgives them. He can do what is impossible for men to do, not only in remembering, but in forgetting. To those who come under the new covenant relation with him, he says, I will be merciful to their unrighteousnesses, and their sins and their iniquities will I remember no more. Promise is found in Hebrews 8.12. Isn't it a wonderful one? The Holy Ghost has inspired these words of the prophets. It has given us accurately the very words of God to our hearts. If we cannot understand how God can do these things for us, let us just remember that he is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think, as we are promised in Ephesians 3.20. I'll never forget those words. In our Greek class in school, the professor illustrated them by picturing a glass filled with water to the top and then a few drops more put in until the surface tension held it bulging up and then still more until it dribbles down the sides and still more until it overflows everything. And so Paul put those words together one after another, huper, huper, ek perisum, God is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we ask or even think. J. Wilbur Chapman, the evangelist, once speaking to the men of his church before he went in the pulpit, said to a former professor of mathematics in a German university who was there, whose life had been wrecked by strong drink and had found salvation in Christ, how far is the east from the west? Here's a promise that says, as far as the east is from the west, so far they removed our transgressions from us. The professor took out his notebook and began to scribble and then suddenly burst into tears. I cannot measure it, he said. If I start around eastward, I come back to where I started around the world. And still I have to go on and on forever. The distance is immeasurable. Thank God that's where my sins have gone. And so with our sins too, yours and mine, if we've confessed them and forsaken them, in this wonderful promise to forgive and forget our sins, let none of us ever misquote God. So I'll just tell you why Because, because my sins are gone And when, when I meet I the scoffers Who ask me where they are I say, I say my sins are gone They're underneath 
beneath the blood on the cross of Calvary, as far removed as darkness is from dawn. In the sea of God's forgetfulness, that's good enough for me. Praise God, God my sins are gone. I'm living now for Jesus, I'm happy night and day. Because my sins are gone My soul is filled with music With all my heart I say I know, I know my sins are gone There underneath the blood On the cross of Calvary As far removed as darkness is from dawn In the sea of God's forgetfulness That's good enough for me Praise God, my sins are gone. This is Orville Iverson, Associate Minister of the Voice of Prophecy. It is our prayer that as you study the Word of God throughout this coming week, that you'll continue to keep looking up, ever going forward in faith. Have faith in God, though hope may be long deferred. Have faith in God, His truth above all preferred. Have faith in God and faithfully quote his word. Have faith, dear friend, in God. We hope this program has brought blessing today and that you'll be with us again next week for another broadcast brought to you by the voice of prophecy. The Lord bless thee and keep thee. The Lord make his face shine upon thee and be gracious unto thee. The Lord lift up his countenance upon thee and give thee peace.